0: Who cares about what people think about us?
1: Yeah, I like football. I like football season all the things that go with it.
0: Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Sam Monson. We are live head-to-head with Good Morning Football, as always, on a Monday morning. Love, the, love those The good morning football folks. Mm. But we're live.
1: Labor Day morning.
0: Labor Day morning. Happy Labor Day to everybody here. And if you're working overseas, uh, it's not happy Labor Day. You're just working overseas, True. listening yeah. to us. Uh, so we've got a great show. It's our Monday edition. Don't forget, we'll be back on Wednesday as well. We've got the three shows per week. But today, I don't know if we've done this before, Sam, but we're going to make our official, official
1: 2021 predictions for the okay. season. These are the ones we're bound to.
0: Yeah, unless, they're, unless we have previous predictions, we unless want to wrong.
1: exchange in oh, okay. if they're wrong. Yeah. That's that's correct. So, also, it's not like anybody... Well, certainly it's not like we go back and look at how our predictions fared over the course of the season. No. Other people might. No, I don't care. Yeah. No, if
0: there was a good one, yeah, we'll, we'll pull it out and brag about it. And that's right. that's how you do it. That is how you do it. You remind the people when you're right and you... Uh, Ignore yeah. it when you're wrong. Ignore when you're wrong. Yeah. So this will be our official 2021 season prediction show. Uh, we already did some bold takes. I think, you know, on the daily we did some we did some back in May, but those don't count. May or June. You know, this is this is the official one. Right. So we're going to do it. Uh, don't forget kickoff30 is still live over at pff.com. You get 30% off any PFF subscription using the promo code kickoff30. But let's get right into the predictions. We'll do let's
1: do divisions. We'll talk through it. Let's just have some fun. Well, first, uh, let's tell people what's coming on Wednesday and get emails coming in. Okay, do that. Okay. Cousin Doug. Cousin Doug. Doug Kide, right? Yeah, uh, cousin Doug's member to be on the show. of PFF, the, our news division. Um, used to be on the Patriots beat. Um, great reporter, now member of PFF. He's going to be coming on to our Wednesday show this week, giving us all of the, the news and updates as the season is then right about to start. And we need emails. We need people emailing in for questions and just general stuff that we can talk about on those Wednesday shows because our Monday show over the course of the season is going to be our, you know, uh, week review show. All the games that happen that weekend we'll talk about. And then the Thursday show is gonna be a preview show. So all the stuff that's about to happen that weekend. The Wednesday one though is something a bit different and that's where we want your input. So send us topics, send us emails, anything interesting you would like us to talk about to Podcast at pff.com. Fire us emails and that'll give us some way of uh, Stocking up those Wednesday shows. We'll also talk to
0: Cousin Doug about what he learned on his little training camp. Why do we turn. call him Cousin Doug, Steve? Yeah, I was going to explain that, too. Right. He's Cousin Doug because he is my wife's stepmom's cousin's daughter's husband. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we hired him yeah. a few months back to, to join the breaking news team here at PFF.
1: I wish I remembered. I, can't, I, I dug it up that one time, that only Fools and Horses clip, of the dude doing that that's just you. <laughs> and I, I meant to send it to you the last time you did that to me, and I've lost it again. And I couldn't. I wasn't gonna go find it again because I can't even remember which episode it's lodged in. You made fun of all my, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon degrees of
0: separation, but this is- There's literally like a
1: a sitcom comedy sketch where a guy does that to somebody to make a deal. And I was like, that's you.
0: Apparently there was a comedy sketch based off what we did the other day with the uh, how many bedrooms is your house deal. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg deal. That's, uh, we're funny. We're funny. We can go that far. People think we're funny-ish all right okay. we're not here for any sort of humor we we realize that we are self-aware enough to know that we're not funny enough right mm-hmm. uh, so let's get into our predictions but yeah send those emails as sam said
1: uh let's just let's go division by division and talk through it okay sound Have good you got some crazy order you're going in or are you actually just doing it in the no normal, look at the document division look order. at the document the documentation
0: afc east yeah Look, we we gave the West its due in the, in our previews. We're going east to west here, though. Uh, AFC East. Let's let's predict the division. How what would happen? What would have to happen for a team to challenge the Bills? And by the way, let's just let's just reset here. Isn't it crazy that after twenty years of dominance with the Patriots, we thought last year might be the year where the Patriots were vulnerable. They were. The Bills took over, and the Bills have built such a good team that it feels like it's it's just their division to lose. And things have changed in the East.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it is. Um, they have – I mean, here's here's the more crazy part, right? Go back 12 months and now utter the sentence, Josh Allen is clearly the best quarterback in the division. And the oldest. Yes, by He's two years. He's the best
0: and the oldest.
1: Right. Um, so that – I mean, that's wild. Like, not only has Buffalo taken ownership of the division, but Josh Allen has elevated from, the, like, a guy who didn't look like he was going to necessarily work out – or somebody we were saying needed to take this monstrous leap from you know particularly in the deep ball to a guy that did put it all together had a 90 plus bff great season you know all pro caliber year and now we're saying he's a the elder statesman in the division and b like obviously the clear best quarterback until one of these young guys does take a jump um so uh, there's two aspects of this one is there any sense that the bills could regress from last year You know, they did really well. The team generally was impressive. Josh Allen obviously had that career year. How sustainable is all of that? And then B, how close are one of these other teams to taking a jump to challenge them? The most obvious one is Miami because they were the one that was closest a year ago and Tua is the one I think, you know, capable of taking a big step now that he's got like his first year under his belt, struggles. but not, like, not as disastrous as people are making it out to be, right? Tua wasn't terrible year one. Just in comparison to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, it didn't look great. But like you could easily picture a world where Tua does get a bit more aggressive, had the lowest uh, big-time throw rate in the NFL, had seven of them or something, just didn't, wasn't part of his game. Right. If that is a bigger part this year, and he maintains you know, down-to-down efficiency, He's not a bad quarterback, and if Miami doesn't regress like Buffalo doesn't regress, Miami could easily challenge them.
0: In, in Miami's team building over the last couple of years, they built their secondary, play a ton of man coverage, Byron Jones, Xavier uh, Howard leading the charge. And kept it there. together when Xavier Howard you know, agitated for more right. money. We thought that could have been an issue as far as uh, Howard's contracts, but they kept them together. Adding Jalen Waddle, adding Will Fuller whenever he's healthy and ready to go. I keep <laughs> keep saying that, but um, they've they've added people in the right places. I think New England challenges though too. I mean, yeah. I think New England and Miami are right there together. Uh, Mac Jones, as as great as he looked in the preseason, I, I think he's he's just going to be in a decent situation. It's not that they have the best group of playmakers, but I think the sum of their parts is good because they've got the two tight ends again when they're healthy. John New Smith and Hunter Henry. Uh, adding a Nelson Aguilar to the receiving court, Jacoby Myers is just really good and, and knows how to get open and they got the backs in the in the offensive line. So and the front seven looks really good for New England. So I think both of those teams are challenging. And the Jets are going to be better too. So I think it's a competitive AFC East.
1: The Patriots are going to be interesting because you know Mac Jones passed his preseason audition, clearly. Um, but we keep saying that look, preseason isn't a guarantee of regular season success. It's more of a if you suck in preseason, I'm concerned. But if you're good, it's not like, well, I'm, I'm sold now. You're right. going to be great going forward. So now he's going to do it all over again. Sure. Now he's got this regular season audition. He's got to pass. And there's no fallback anymore. Because you didn't just make Cam Newton the backup. You booted him out of the building. Like Cam Newton's gone. So if Mac Jones sucks, Brian Hoyer is the only alternative. And that, obviously, that's not happening. So this is this whole situation over again. Mac Jones looked really good um i am reasonably confident given what we saw from him that he will be pretty good as a rookie but that's a whole spectrum right like tua wasn't bad as a rookie and yet by comparison to the other two guys that hit the ground running people are writing him off like we're already ready to, to get rid of tua so mac jones could land anywhere in that spectrum from tua of yeah there's some signs here we were quietly impressed to you know Justin Herbert setting rookie records and looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL can we
0: make a pact to not overreact this year no okay we'll we'll overreact we'll join in that yeah yeah yeah. okay okay just making sure how concerned are you with the New England's secondary Uh, with Stephon Gilmore he's on the pup list he's out till at least week seven there's still rumors that he might get traded and he's not even going to be there if Stephon Gilmore is not there they have J.C. Jackson, who you've mentioned before, great statistics, but the, the grade's been solid, right? He's gotten away with some stuff. Jalen Mills is there potentially starting. Jonathan Jones in the slot. Uh, Jawan Williams, big monster corner that you know they're trying to develop. There they uh, traded for J- uh, Sean Wade. Wade. If Bill Belichick wasn't at the helm here, yeah. would you look at this cornerback group? And then you have Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips at safety, Kyle Duggar, solid group. But you would look at this cornerback group and be like, oh, I don't know, I don't love the Patriots. But when Stefan Gilmore's there and everybody gets pushed down a notch, it's like, okay, J.C. Jackson's a good two. And everybody, you know, it, yeah. It's a little different without Gilmore.
1: With Gilmore and J.C. Jackson and then Jonathan Jones in the slot, that's a good group that you're comfortable with. But as soon as you have to go to number four, it does get pretty concerning pretty quickly. Um, but if that front seven is vastly improved you know, and you can get some more pressure... And all the different things that the Patriots like to do on defense, in terms of mixing it up, you're less concerned about. You know, then it becomes a a situation that there are a bunch of them in the NFL where, like, you know, number two cornerback is not great. Okay, like there are a bunch of teams for whom that is the case, and it's not good. But if you're the Patriots and Bill Belichick coaching a defense, like, eh, we can we can get away with that certainly for a period of time while we're waiting for Gilmore to get back. Um, if that's a long-term permanent problem, it's it's definitely more concerning. But it becomes like the weakness of the defense as opposed to something I think that's going to take it down.
0: All right, and then the Jets, I think, will be better. So we'll, we'll try to, like, give it at least a, a minute or so to every single team here without going overboard. The Jets should be better. Can't wait to see what they have in Zach Wilson. And uh, Robert Sala, the, the head coach, again, has done such a good job taking the Seattle base cover three scheme, adding to it over the years I I think the Jets have some serious issues in their secondary as well
1: yeah I mean just compare that to the Patriots right it's like number two corner for the Patriots if they don't have Stephon Gilmore isn't great the entire Jets group of corners are like Bryce Hall Isaiah Dunn Michael Carter um it's just it's not good like nobody every single player lined up at cornerback on the Jets roster would be a problem as the number two corner for the Jets once they don't have Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots right sorry for the Patriots yeah. yeah
0: And so I can't wait to see what Sala does but it the the Jets will have a solid defensive front but it's going to be it's going to be tough on the back end so I, I, I'm picking the Bills to win the division would you go anywhere else and let's just say who goes well we'll talk about we'll predict wild cards later too that might be telling but are you going Bills here for the East yeah I think you have to okay so we're both taking the Bills in the AFC East going out on a big limb I don't think i have any crazy predictions here but uh that's what the that's what the bold takes were for we got we got really crazy with the bold takes a few weeks ago uh before we get into the next division don't forget fantasy football draft season is upon us and it's time for you to put the pp back in ppr league sam excellent with the sponsors of today's show it's manscaped the leaders in below the be- the waist grooming just launched they just launched their new performance package 4.0 we've been with them since the 1.0 so here we are with the 4.0 with Manscaped. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has neglected Aaron Rodgers, they tell us. Don't do it. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscapes.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code PFF. This will help you tame your Troy Polamalu in your pants. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag, which uh, Sam's always a big fan of the uh, the travel bag. He the likes travel to, bag. You focus on the travel bag, you don't have to do the, the less comfortable stuff like the rest of the read. Right? Oh, I mean,
1: look. You, Isn't you wanna, that the strategy? You want to take that 4.0 and and blitz the Palomalu, like blitz those balls, go for it. I'm just saying it's a nice travel bag.
0: The important thing to remember, though, is you get 20% off in free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. Calm. go get ready for football season it's manscaped use that promo code pff all right afc north Ah, we can embrace debate on this one yeah the browns are getting all sorts of love this year people are calling them the best roster and all this stuff can they can they beat out the ravens though can they beat out the steelers can the browns surpass the two teams that have been dominating this division over the last few years they beat the Steelers in the playoffs oh, I
1: understand yeah. I understand but this I mean, is you know, a full season here my my whole take on the Browns is that if you white labeled them and just looked at their roster and didn't know that they were the Browns you would be saying that this is a team right up there with the Bucks as having the best roster in the NFL okay their quarterback is obviously weaker than Tom Brady um and that would probably put them behind the Chiefs as well but like that would probably be one two three Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Cleveland would be your three most obvious Super Bowl contenders. Maybe you throw Buffalo into that as well. Um, But as soon as you add the baggage that comes with being the Cleveland Browns, this factory of sadness since 1999, this jersey that went down to the floor trying to find a quarterback for 20 years, like all of the stuff that comes with being the Browns, just this constant disappointment for the last couple of decades, you're like all right let's let's just tap the brakes let's wait till we see it let's guarantee it's not gonna fall around fall apart around us um and therefore let's lean baltimore and let's maybe lean pittsburgh but like the browns should be really really good the only concern i have about this team is just the sheer volume of new faces they've added to defense and how quickly that can come together and if indeed all of it comes together like they added almost like half a new secondary right more that's are they going to hit on all those guys right some of them are draft picks you don't always hit on draft picks will greg newsom actually be good or will he be a guy that has a pff grade of 30 and gets you know eviscerated for a pass rating of 120 in year one right that can happen even to the best cornerback prospects you can see we're, we're right on the heels of jeffrey Akuda being one of the best cornerback prospects we've seen come into the NFL, just get torched every step of the way year one. Like if that happens to Greg Newsome, wouldn't be entirely, wouldn't be surprising at all. And would obviously be a big dent to that secondary being overhauled from a year ago.
0: And I, I like that they at least would have some, you know, Greedy Williams sitting there. Um, not that he's necessarily great, but he still right. could be a good player, at least there as, as insurance. So I think I think your concern is correct. We don't know, first off, how the Browns are gonna deploy all of these players. Um, they, they play multiple defensive schemes. There's a bunch of different ways that they can go. So I think there could be some growing pains there. Um, with So the reminder is John Johnson. Johnson comes in from the Rams. Troy Hill comes in from the Rams. And you mentioned Newsom, the first-round pick. So on paper, throwing a ton of resources at a secondary that needed it but could take some time for those guys to come together. Similarly, the Ravens' offensive line could take a little bit of time. Those guys haven't played together a ton here in the preseason. Ali Villanueva stepping in at right tackle. So, you know, the, the Ravens might start out a little bit slow, either with the offensive line or the receivers, right? I mean, we, yeah. th- we, we keep saying for the Ravens, this is supposed to be a big year to test it out. How, how are they going to throw the ball? And now it was like, oh, we had Sammy Watkins, we had Rashad Bateman. Now Bateman's hurt. It's just Watkins and Marquise Brown, you know, trying to be the one-two punch over there at Baltimore. I think that's going to be the big question, of course, is what can they do through the air when the run game, which should still be efficient, Uh, when the run game isn't necessarily there. But also lose J.K. Dobbins, by the way. Yeah. 5.8 yards per carry. And we were joking, like, why would you want – why would you draft a running back in the second round? You get Gus Edwards averaging five. Well, maybe the Ravens are like, dude, we could have somebody average six. Yeah. We could have a six yards per carry guy because of our offensive system. They almost had that with Dobbins last year.
1: And I think there's definitely – if you have a Gus Edwards, as good as he's been in this offense, and I think he'll be absolutely fine if he has to carry the workload. I think the concept of having a different style of back to Gus Edwards, a speed, you know, explosive type of guy, would be attractive to the Ravens. So, you know, J.K. Dobbins was obviously that guy. But I, I think they're probably still going to look to add somebody at some point. They put in a waiver claim for somebody. I can't remember who it was, but it obviously. was uh, Royce Freeman. Okay, but obviously, being Baltimore, they were buried on the right. you know the order of uh, waiver claim, so they didn't get him.
0: Yeah and I you know Freeman would have been a nice addition clearly they they're looking he's another bigger bigger back you know that they that they want in their downhill running system Um, and then the Steelers who because we've been sitting here with no new NFL games for nine months you know basically eight months the Steelers have gone from like oh boy watch out they're going to be bad next year to "Eh, maybe we're coming around on them so I still think they'll be competitive either way. I don't love the Steelers offseason. That's the bottom line. The offensive line is a massive question mark. Uh, Even in the secondary, they just traded for Arkello Witherspoon, which might not seem like much, but given they were going to roll James Pierre out there at right corner, and they still might here in week one, we just don't know much about James Pierre. So I think I like that move for Witherspoon coming in. Yeah, in the for, secondary
1: for them. It's really a case of how bad that offensive line is going to be. And in preseason, it actually looked okay. They didn't play badly at all. Now that being said, like Trey Turner wasn't good in preseason. Um, Okorafor wasn't great. Like, Kevin Dotson looked fantastic, which is one thing that's definitely helpful. And
0: Okorafor was going to be playing left tackle. I think he's going to have to start at right tackle with third-round rookie Dan Moore starting at left tackle. So the both tackle spots are just a big question. So
1: there are still three, maybe four out of five spots that look like they're going to be major question marks. Kevin Dotson is one from a year ago where we were, you know, basing on 300 snaps. They were talking him up and saying, this is going to be great. That's one spot locked in. You're like, well... Three hundred snaps are really small sample size. I wouldn't be getting that excited, but he does look like he's going to be good based off preseason. In addition to those snaps, sure. so, but if he is, that's one out of five. It's still like the again, you're landing to stick to hit five guys from a complete overhaul of an offensive line is really really small. Doesn't mean you can't do it, but it means you're going to start off the season with a major question. So. If that offensive line is a complete disaster, and we rank them 31st, I think, heading into the season, um, the Steelers are going to be in some form of trouble. Now, trouble for the Steelers isn't the same as trouble for, like, the Jags. You know, the Steelers in trouble win seven games, which is not terrible. Um, If the offensive line, though, is okay, viable, just just good enough for them to exist— then they're still like they're still a contender not maybe for the Super Bowl but definitely for the division
0: yeah I still I still I keep coming back to the Steelers best bet is Big Ben bouncing back he really did not have a good year last year there was a point last year where he was getting MVP hype because they were winning the stats weren't bad uh, but throw for throw we had him as you know one of the worst in the league as far as missing throws getting away with some turnover stuff. But I could see Big Ben not having the worst year of his career like he did last year, coming you know, two years removed from the injury. So I'm more opti- far more optimistic about the Steelers after just watching Ben throw the ball a little bit in the preseason, watching that offense. I think it's definitely a three-team race at the top. And then optimistic Steve is going to keep saying, well, that fourth team is going to be better just like the jets the bengal's are going to be better this year i you know i think i think burrow's going to you know take another step we'll see about the offensive line and protection i think jamar chase won't drop every pass you know i think the bengal's at least
1: offensively will will be competitive it's funny we talk about sample sizes all the time and then it's like rothesburger on 10 dropbacks oh look he's back done i have seen all i need to see but that wasn't a
0: performance thing that is a physical (laughs) that is a let me see him physically you don't think you
1: could like you know store it up for 10 snaps and be like yeah i'm good now and then you know back. of course that could happen but that
0: that is that is quite literally banking on the sample size yes that is me saying the sample size is big ben's career which dates back to 2004 you know when you and i graduated college all of which that's the sample size yeah
1: all of which was pre his elbow falling off though
0: Right, so all I you know with the old quarterbacks, when I see them in preseason, I just want to see is the zip there, or like Peyton was throwing punts. When you saw Peyton and he's throwing end over end punts, it's like, ooh, that's that's
1: alarming. You seen that back in like nineteen ninety nine though? They just went for touchdowns back then. They were yeah, still but ugly. The,
0: it got worse in two thousand fourteen sure. and fifteen for Peyton. It got worse. Yeah,
1: I look, I I do think there's something to the idea that Roethlisberger at forty is going to take some time to recover from having your entire elbow rebuilt in a way that he wouldn't if he was 29. So I, I think there is there's something to the idea that he might actually be significantly better physically this year. He's not 40
0: year. yet. He's already he's he's 40. He is he's 39 uh, and a half. He's 29 days older than me. Really? Yeah. You're old. I'm not 40 yet. You're way older than
1: me. You, me, Big Ben, we're all heading into our, our age 39 season. I'm not even in the same calendar year as my, uh, my age, my 40 season. I don't know about you. Ben's not either. Yeah. Isn't he? He's 30, We're all born in 82 39 and a half. He's 39. Yeah. 39 and
0: a half. Like I am. I'm not at the end of the month. Anyway,
1: uh, Bengals. It's, it's again, another team. That's all about the offensive line. Like can that, and, and that's actually been okay in preseason. Like now. Okay. Preseason takes into the account the backups and the backups going against the backups. Um, but that offensive line has not been terrible despite some bad beats across it. Um, and they're another team that's, like, desperately trying to stitch together a five that will just keep Joe Burrow upright. Yeah.
0: I, my, my bigger question now is Zach Taylor. I mean, this is make or break for Zach Taylor. Show that there's an upward trajectory here for the Bengals. So um, I know I said the AFC East will be competitive. I won't say this about every single division. I do think the AFC North, though. These teams are going to beat each other up. I, mean, I think, I think it's three and
1: then the Bengals. It's three know.
0: and then the Bengals. But, man, I mean, if, if Burrow is as good as last year, don't they, don't they sneak into five, six, seven wins if you're the Bengals? I mean, Even if everything's not great? Five, maybe. I, I, think, they'll, I think they'll win a few more games. A, a lot depends on Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd being that trio that is difficult to cover. But I think the Bengals are going to play some competitive football this year. Where are you going as far as the division champions here in the AFC North? Cleveland. Oh, you're going with the Browns, huh? Yep.
1: I'm buying I'm, into the white label team.
0: I'm going to stick with the Ravens. I think it's close. Uh, we'll talk wild cards in a minute, but I'll take the Ravens to win in the AFC North. I think, I think they might go on a run, the Ravens, which we'll find out soon. Well, they're uh, 20 undefeated in the preseason. Well, yeah, they, you have to go by what? Yeah, 20 straight. Yeah. Before we get into the next division, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Fantrax. Fantrax is free fantasy football league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature rich platform in the entire industry. And PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. Multi team trades, you got bonus points for touchdowns of different yardage. If you're coming from another site, not a problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues completely free. So create a free account now using promo code PFF at fantrax.com slash PFF and get a chance to win a trip to any regular season game this year for you and your entire league $6,000. Where would you want to go? It's promo code PFF at fantrax.com slash PFF. AFC South, Sam which of course consists of the titans colts jaguars and texans mm-hmm. i will not repeat what i said about the first two divisions this will not be competitive with all four that the texans will not be as competitive as the fourth place teams in other divisions that's my prediction bold going out on a limb here yeah um coming into the season it always felt like a titans colts battle
1: who was a uh, one of these you know let's talk to a bunch of executives or whatever article i can't remember where it came from but there was someone named exec who was saying, Houston are going to be better than everybody thinks they are. Everyone's going to think they suck. And then they're going to, you know, beat a few teams. I mean, yeah, if they win two games, they're
0: better than I think they are. So <laughs> it's, all, it's all relative. If you set low expectations.
1: And they've set them really low. You can exceed, Really low.
0: It's easy to exceed low expectations. Don't ever, don't ever forget that. So Titans and Colts atop here. Can the Jags challenge? Is it definitely Titans versus Colts at the top of the division?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably still a bit too early for Jacksonville. Particularly, I mean, my concern with them is now, like all of the excitement I had about this Urban Meyer offense like a month ago, it's gone. All of it. Now, maybe that was just we'll keep the powder dry in the preseason. Stop We're not going to show everybody. No, I'm out. I'm already out. I, it was it was all nice sounding. We're talking about hybrid weapons and players are going to move around the offense and cause problems with matchups on defense just by their alignment. None of that, none of it was in preseason. Now, maybe you just don't want to put it on tape. On the other hand, there are teams out there showing like exotic zero blitzes all the way through preseason, and you showed nothing.
0: What if it doesn't matter? What if Trevor Lawrence – so the last time we saw Trevor Lawrence was against backups for the Cowboys, but he absolutely balled out. He showed his ability to <laughs> against, attack every level of the field. Against what if the he's backup
1: just, Dallas defense? Yes. The, the first team Dallas defense last year was letting that happen. What
0: if Trevor Lawrence is just awesome? And yeah. You know, again, the Andrew Luck comparison for me is a guy that could grade well—not dominant, but but has the chunk plays that kind of like make the grade look a little bit better, elevate his teammates. I wonder if Trevor has that in him. Um, I don't see the Jags necessarily competing for the division. I think they'll, I think they'll be really good. I think they'll be much better, though. Is the point? Colts versus Titans at the top. There was a point this offseason I was concerned about the Titans, but I think they're the favorite now. I would take the Titans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's. It's a two-horse race. I can see a scenario where Jacksonville is decent. Like, there's definitely in their range of outcomes is a season where they challenge for the division. Sure. I just don't think it's likely. I think it's a reasonable bet based off the odds, but I don't think it's a particularly likely thing to happen. I think it's a two-horse race between the Titans and the Colts. The Colts, it's going to be interesting now because of those key guys they've had injured, missing bones in their foot Seems like a pretty important and (laughs) weirdly specific thing for two guys to go down with in the same amount of time.
0: Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson. Yeah.
1: So Wentz in particular, like, okay, he was already a huge concern given the year he's coming off and new environment, going to to reunite with Frank Reich. What can he get out of him? Now you're saying, okay, now he's coming off a weird foot injury for a guy who was already – He's been. He's got a history of being a brittle quarterback and, and breaking. Um, is he back 100% to start the season? And what does that look like? Because if he isn't, or what it looks like isn't good, like the Colts have no shot of winning the division. Yeah, maybe they've.
0: Maybe the Colts have the craziest range of outcomes because we keep putting them up there because best offensive line in football up there with the Browns, one or two, right? right. Uh, a defense that has I don't want to use the word overachieved but they've been they've been really good the last couple years given their talent level they're solid uh in the back seven with you know Darius Leonard at linebacker they're, they they play a lot of zone they just they play a good scheme so the Colts have been good the last couple years I think we average Wentz out as this mid-tier quarterback but he's he has experienced those extremes there is a world where Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz this year, and what does that do? There is a world where AFC Carson
1: South. Wentz is benched for Jacob Eason this year. No. Yeah, because think, so? think about it. If he's bad, if, if he's bad, the Colts are incentivized save, save the one, right? They're incentivized to bench him because it turns a one into a two next year.
0: They're also incentivized to keep him around for four years because they invested for four years. And- Only if they think
1: that that's a, that's a likely outcome. Like, there is a, there's a line that he can cross this year over the course of the season where the Colts have to decide he's not a long-term future for this team and therefore our best option is to bench him because that turns a number one pick into a number two pick in the draft that we're giving away. Ugh. And, by the way, doing that essentially presumably is a like a white flag on the season like at that point they are saying this season is done as by the way is our future quarterback like just raise the white flag we're and out to of the here drawing board again next year yeah or let's see what Jacob Beeson has because he looked okay in the preseason
0: I will repeat for the 9,000th time I promise well there'll be a few more times I say this but the 9,000th time this offseason the Colts on the perimeter now the T.Y. Hilton is hurt Zach Paschal Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Michael Strawn, yeah, not Straken, but Strawn could emerge. Straken.
1: That's Strawn. how you would say it in the UK. Straken. Hmm.
0: So you can get away with that, like the way they, it's spelt. They, it, they tell us
1: it's Strawn.
0: Strawn. They tell us it's Strawn. I mean, look, there's some upside there. Pittman and Strawn, or whatever. alley Cox at tight end, Jack Doyle at tight end. My concern is that group. Wentz not having that, you know, top ten group of playmakers. It's not top ten. It's just not. So that'd be my concern with the Colts. The Titans, are they too top-heavy?
1: I mean, it is... They're only too top-heavy if they lose any of those guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Titans are two years removed from the AFC Championship. And even though I, I thought it would be really difficult for them to repeat that, I wonder if now, with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Tannehill throwing the ball the way he has, Derrick Henry just being an absolute freak doing what he does, and then the secondary... The upside that they have in the secondary with uh, Caleb Farley getting drafted, Christian Fulton, Jackrabbit Jenkins, formerly Janoris Jenkins. He's now going by Jackrabbit. And then the great Elijah Molden, the rookie slot corner that I love. The great. The unbelievable upside that they have if all of those guys play to their potential. The Titans the titans have a wide range of outcomes too they could right. move back up into that hey we're competing with the chiefs territory
1: and that's not even mentioning their best player in the secondary kevin byard yeah he bounces back and a hooker started to look pretty good in preseason um yeah like their secondary has the potential to be really good but again it's a bit like the browns just with that many new faces how many are going to be good right away i think you always just sort of default to well that's Let's split the middle somewhere and assume some of them aren't going to work out. Some that's, of them are. That's realistic. Yes. Right. And if that happens, it's like, it's okay. It's not great. It's fine. Um, which, to be honest, is an upgrade over where it was a year ago, if it's just fine this year. But, yeah. The, the Titans, though, it really is that it's four guys, which is insane. But it's only insane if they don't play. If A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry, and Ryan Tannehill are on the field every week, this is an insanely difficult offense to stop.
0: Yeah. Good luck. Right, and and I would love I would love to have a third option. Uh, You know, again, Anthony Ferster is a good move, tight end, and he could he can win some one on ones and all that stuff. I'd love to have a good number three, but that's a as a starting point. That those four guys, how do you stop them? But
1: Julio Jones in particular has now been dealing with injuries for a while, and that would be a concern. Right. So,
0: look, I think after all those moves, I like the Titans. I think they're volatile because of. Uh, what they're dependent on there the defense could not get any pressure last year I don't know if they will be able to do this year with Harold Landry and Bud Dupree coming off the edge uh, Jeffrey Simmons is solid on the interior I'm taking the Titans though in the AFC South
1: same I think they're the one team where they're you, in order for them not to be the division winner you're saying people are probably getting injured whereas with the Colts their question marks are are their important players going to be good at all Whereas Tennessee, it's like if their important players are playing, they're good. Colts are just such a
0: fascinating case study because I think the roster year over year, but then it's like Andrew Luck retires and you got Jacoby Brissett and then they bring Rivers in for a year and now you're trying Wentz and everything else they've done is good. We'll get it to the West in a minute, but a reminder that the NFL is back in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard it right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. It's game week. Go do it right now. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app. Check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can do same-game parlays. You can make every game a... Big game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week One game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time. Only, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem?
1: Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana.
0: 1-800-9 WITH IT. Ah.
1: See, you tried to it? get extemporaneous and get, and add some creative flourishes to the terms and conditions, and you just you fell. I did. You I went, lost it. You went doing tricks on the tightrope and and ended up. I was trying to do with my eyes net.
0: closed and everything. You lose your balance. Yeah. Lose your balance.
1: You got too cocky. But it's, uh, it's a really good deal. Flew too close to the sun, burned his wings. Still a good
0: deal. It right? AFC West.
1: Yeah. Who challenges the Chiefs? Uh, I mean. <sighs> What, what's a challenge the, the chargers might run them vaguely close but the chiefs are winning the division and it's probably going to be by a couple of games
0: um we have to pick wild cards as well so i'm going to give away i'm going to pick the chargers as one of my wild cards okay so i think that they are within a couple games of the chiefs i'm going to predict the chargers are challenging ish not like they were in 2018 where there was a game apart but
1: you know the way the the afc north is three teams and then the one Yes. I think this is the same, except it's the other way around. It's like three teams and then the Chiefs. Yeah. I
0: mean, it is. It's it's fascinating, though, because the Chargers have – there's reason for optimism, I think, for the Chargers, the Broncos, maybe even the Raiders, but just not enough.
1: Every Every one of the other three has something significant missing and don't have Mahomes. Like right. the Chiefs have something missing as well, but they have Mahomes, so it doesn't matter. Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, yeah, Andy Reid. Sure. They've all but
0: Mahomes in particular. Raiders defense, massive question. Chargers. Herbert, year two, don't know exactly what the defense. New head coach in Brandon Staley, tough to predict. Broncos, quarterback situation just not up to par with others around the league. Yeah. And they've got the beautiful but they've got a
1: beautiful roster in Denver. Denver's roster is great. If Denver had a quarterback, they would be a Super Bowl contender. And by a quarterback, I mean somebody capable of playing above. If they had
0: traded for Aaron Rodgers and those rumors were true, we'd be sitting here anticipating Chiefs versus Broncos.
1: If Denver had
0: Aaron Rodgers,
1: they might be the Super Bowl favorites. Like, not just up there no, with Tampa Bay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I, they, they would have a better roster top to bottom than Kansas City and a quarterback that played better than Mahomes last year. That's fine. but It, it would be them versus Tampa Bay.
0: It's still look i know i know brady just did it in tampa bay in a system where it was like on paper i can't believe brady's gonna go from new england to bruce arians it'll never work i would also but i would be cautious on rogers going to new system and <laughs> no. blah blah
1: blah. blah. Rod, like this is rogers motivated by the revenge tour you're telling me that rogers doesn't want to go to denver and get a super bowl the first time of asking and just like turn around and flip two fingers at green bay
0: <laughs> fine but instead it's uh it's teddy bridgewater under center
1: yeah and that's not happening with
0: teddy Teddy will be all right.
1: Willie, though. He'll Willie. be
0: all right. So I'll use the word competitive again. Denver's going to be tough with that defense, deep secondary, pass rush getting better. Fangio's a good defensive coach. The Chargers are the team I'm picking to – man, I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I got I'm, – I'm in on Chargers hype again. Again, yeah. doesn't matter who's there. 68th straight year. You just feel good about char- the Chargers every August.
1: I think they do have the fewest question marks. Like – They they now have an offensive line that's been overhauled. Okay, again, a lot of new names coming in. So just automatically you're saying, well, all of them hitting? Probably not. But they don't need all of them to hit. Like if some of them hit, it's a big upgrade over what it was a year ago. And for them, improving that offensive line is just all about offsetting the amount of pressure that Justin Herbert was under. Like he was under a ton of it last year. And it didn't matter because he was the best graded quarterback in the NFL under pressure. That won't happen in year two. Quarterbacks just don't repeat year to year to year as being the best quarterback under pressure. It's just there's so much chaos and luck and freaky other things involved in how you perform under pressure that almost no quarterback is able to consistently do that well each year. And even the ones that do it well aren't as good as when they're not under pressure. So for the Chargers, it was all about changing that that percentage. How often is justin herbert going to be under pressure and any any upgrade they make to the offensive line makes a dent in that so again they don't need them all to hit they just need some improvement so that is good the defense like there's always been a lot of talent there it's a case of what can brandon staley stitch together year one because we said last year that on paper that group looks spectacular now they've lost some players it's not exactly the same group of people but in theory there's a lot of talent on that defense that's waiting for a proven quality scheme, like the one Staley is bringing over to kind of create a defense out of it.
0: How much we'll learn a lot about Staley's scheme, even in year one, because as great as I think he was as a play caller last year, he had Aaron Donald. Sure. He had Jalen Ramsey, who he deployed, you know, in creative ways. He had John Johnson, who we, we said is, you know, Three out of four years has been an 80-plus coverage-grade safety, which is really tough to do in our system. John Johnson has done that. Troy Hill had a great season. Either was that the scheme or was that Troy? But a bunch of players who just either are great players or signed big contracts. What will Staley do with the Chargers? Now he's got Joey Bosa. Hopefully he's got Derwin James for the entire season. There are players to work with who are similar. But I can't wait. I think the matchups, man, when we get to our previews of the Chiefs playing the Chargers and then playing the Broncos again – with with the way both defenses have been built with the play callers right staley and fangio they're you know similar system that that's going to be exciting in the west this year
1: and then as much as they, they they're getting sort of built, as also runs in this little preview the raiders are the team that have given the chiefs the most trouble over they have. the past couple of years
0: they have and look i i don't know like for the raiders if if we were trying to be optimistic about the raiders we would say i can't remember if i did it here or somewhere else but john gruden if you just looked at the offense and the side of the ball where he is the expert, so to speak, the offense has gotten better. I mean, they were one of the most efficient units in the league last year. Derek Carr played solid football. On pay, they, Their offensive line was hurt and didn't play well last year, and they were still moving the ball. They still did a great job. But we're now into year four of the Gruden regime, and there's no reason for optimism defensively. But if that somehow comes together in the new system with Gus Bradley, simplifies things and they're just average, all of a sudden the Raiders are far more competitive than, than they've been.
1: Yeah, and uh, particularly if they really need Henry Ruggs to show up though. Like if they, if they got rid of the connection between Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar, they lost the safety net that you required for the, uh, the terms and conditions in cutting John Brown because he wanted out. Now you've just said, okay, it's Henry Ruggs time. And if Henry Ruggs can't be that deep threat, or T O Brian Edwards. Yes, the combination of T O and Randy Moss could also be useful. Um, if you get rid of that and and Henry Ruggs doesn't be that guy or isn't that guy this year, all of a sudden you've lost like a really significant threat to the offense. A guy like only Tyreek Hill had more deep touchdowns than Nelson Aguilar last year. Yeah, Aguilar six, was incredible. So, and that's that's something that teams had to think. A had to think about it every single week and if they didn't they were giving up a deep touchdown right so if Henry Ruggs isn't that guy this year you have just cut that sort of significant weapon out of the arsenal and that that's a massive uh, uh, a massive blow to what that offense can do
0: all right so I'm taking the Chiefs in the AFC West yeah you as well Mm -hmm. do you want to go right to the AFC wild cards sure who are your AFC wild cards Uh, I will I'll go first Okay. There's three, right? I'm not misremembering this because there's one, There's only one. There's three wild cards now. Yes. And there's the Seven one. Seven seats. The one by. I'm going to say, the, because I picked the Ravens in the AFC North, I'm going with the Browns as the wild card, Patriots, and the Chargers as my three wild cards, which means Steelers miss out, mm-hmm. Dolphins miss out, uh, Colts miss out. Three of the teams that are probably most talked about in the playoffs in this particular in my in this iteration of my predictions, <laughs> those three teams miss out on the playoffs.
1: I will go Baltimore, the because Char- you uh, the Browns, yeah, the Chargers.
0: Oh, you're and, on the Chargers too. Yeah, interesting.
1: And the Steelers. And the
0: Steelers. Now you've gone full circle.
1: All three teams in the AFC North are making the playoffs.
0: That I could see. That I could see. If they don't beat each other up that much, Steelers, Browns, and Ravens all making the playoffs is not crazy. I think they're all that. I mean. I think the Ravens and Browns are that good, and I think the Steelers have that outcome in them. All right, let's go to the NFC, starting in the East. The uh, laughingstock of the NFL last year was the NFC East, the division champions, the Washington football team. It is funny, man, because so much stuff's going to change. But last year at this time, it really felt like it was just the Cowboys and Eagles competing at the top, and it was the football team and the Giants who were just completely rebuilding. Halfway through the season, it was like Washington and the Giants could really do this. As bad as Dallas was, they were still in the race. Um, But I I like the Cowboys in the East. I think it's the Cowboys and the football team now this year that are competing. And it depends on the Cowboys offense and them getting back on track, Dak being healthy versus the football team kind of replicating a lot of what they did last year and continuing to improve.
1: Yeah, I do see this as like a two-horse race. I think it could become something different, but it does feel like Washington versus Dallas and – washington are this at sort a of complete roster but ryan fitzpatrick is the quarterback versus dallas who have in theory what could be a, a really special offense um though we you know we talked on the pff daily today about to what extent the offensive line will eat into that now um given what they're looking like on paper plus the fact that zach martin is going to start the season on the covid list um and don't really have a great defense now it should be better than a year ago but it it doesn't look like it's going to be a strength Um, and then you've got the Giants and the Eagles who I think both have fairly broad ranges of outcomes I just don't expect them to be I don't expect the average to be up there with Washington or Dallas
0: yeah so I'm thinking yeah definitely go listen to the daily as we break down uh, the Cowboys offense and their offensive line I think the Cowboys they were on track last year again I keep mentioning it's Dak's team I think you know throwing the ball and not necessarily relying on Zeke as much but being a pass-first team trying to score a ton of points because I think that's what they're capable of and just being good enough on defense I think we'll, I think that's enough for Dallas to win in the NFC East um, the defense tends to regress camp uh, which very much resides here at PFF would be pushing the Washington football team who was a top three unit last year both from a PFF pass rushing grade and from a coverage grade we would we would expect those two things to get a little bit worse, and as much as we've talked about Fitzpatrick playing the best football of his career the last couple of years, Sam, I mean, Fitzpatrick is still he still tries to throw high school fastballs through linebackers sometimes. Like there's a there's a lot yeah. of volatility to Fitz Magic's game, uh, but I just I do love the way the football team's roster building has has come together the last couple of years yeah
1: i mean i think that roster overall is in really good shape and like fitzpatrick it's going to be a roller coaster because that's how he plays but the average is going to be good like if you can washington's biggest challenge this year to me is can they can they remain can they prevent themselves from making a knee-jerk response when fitzpatrick has two bad games in a row because that's probably going to happen at some point
0: No, you got to go the other way once he's good This is the old way of handling fitzpatrick once he's good you yank him because he's doing that yeah right you're like hey this is the best you could do we know you can't sustain it you've had three great games now
1: the next one will be terrible so you're not starting it's like the denver thing i was talking about before you know where you just tell them week to week that the next guy is going in because of the opposition here it's not because of the opposition it's because you've had three great games in a row Fitz, the next one will be awful so Heineke's going to start. That is start.
0: honestly like the analytical way of doing things, right? Like we believe so firmly in regression to the mean, right? That you'll, there is like, no you chance. you got to earn this job. No, once you earn the job and show you're good, we know you can't sustain it. So you're In out. your
1: entire career, you have never had four straight amazing games. So right. you're, you're not starting the next
0: so one. So it's Taylor Heineke time. We're yeah. going to let you sit, you know, sit on but those But then how do you games. get him back in? I think there's probably enough buffer in between games that it offsets the fact that he was good you
1: just have to reset him just, just for the week on the bench you
0: have a couple bad practices in there you get it out okay the, you have three weeks of practice get all the bad out and then he's back in the yeah back in the game
1: but there's going to be a period this season where Fitzpatrick has like back-to-back stinking games and they are the temptation for them to be like oh you know we're we're in contention in the division we're half a game back from Dallas now we gotta we gotta we gotta make sure we win this next one do we put in Heineke? Heineke's look great in practice. Like there's going to be that temptation. And look, Heineke hasn't done anything to say that he can't actually start, so maybe it is the right call. But the point about Fitzpatrick is whatever like however many bad games in a row there are, it's going to end up okay. Like over the season it's gonna be fine. You're just gonna to have to deal with the temptation that after two stinking games, he looks like a quarterback that should be taken off the field. He started the two thousand eighteen season with the best start.
0: Yeah, like back NFL to back history. ninety-five
1: grades or something ridiculous, Just
0: unbelievable. So you don't know what you're going to get with Fitz.
1: Um, but if he's starting sixteen games, they're in good shape. You seventeen so? games. Damn it, seventeen games. You think so? Yeah, it, I, not for all of them. There are wow. going to be like I forgot our faces. There are going to be two or three bad games in there. But as long as you're as long as you're willing to fight through that and not you know succumb to the temptation of putting in the backup, you'll be okay.
0: The thing I keep saying too about the football team, Ron Rivera has a history of I think getting the best out of his team. We saw that last year. That looks like an advantage right now in this division. We don't know where Mike McCarthy is going to be with Dallas, Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, uh, Joe Judge with the Giants. So I think I think the football team has the advantage from coaching, defensive line standpoint you know the giants are we sitting here talking about the giants and the eagles in the running for the top quarterbacks next year potentially which by the way if you guys watched any college football this weekend there might not be any good top quarterbacks next year so don't get your hopes up too much um which also goes back to our point that maybe the nfl has enough capable starters uh and they're due to not bring four oh. more
1: good players it might have to because yeah
0: you know it, it wasn't a good weekend for it's top overreaction week
1: yeah, that's a. Everybody just, in college was bad. All the, except the guys that aren't eligible. The
0: NFL st- uh, stole all of the good quarterback prospects. You know, after what we saw this weekend. Um, so yeah, I think the Giants. Giants' offensive line is still a massive question mark, but the yeah. playmakers are intriguing, and they're feisty on D. And then the Eagles again. I don't if Jalen Hurts. It, it, that high floor run centric offense is going to keep them in games as well. I don't
1: think either of those teams are are bad. Like, Houston Texans look terrible. I don't think either of the Giants or the Eagles... Sure, I don't yeah. think they're even in particular danger of being that bad. I think the Giants' defense will be good. I think their offense has a lot going for it. It just might not have an offensive line that any of it matters. And the Eagles, as you said, like, Jalen Hurts has, brings a really high floor to what the team can do because of that rushing threat. He's also, by the way, got, like, actual competition now in Gardner Minshew being on board. Like, if Jalen Hurts... You plays. think so? Yeah, like not not to, only if if Jalen Hurts plays so bad that you're like, oh God, like this is just miserable for the next like 15 games, you now actually can do something about it. Like at some point you can throw in Minshew, you're going to give Jalen Hurts the chance. But like if he just comes in here and it's, it's unmitigated disaster start to finish, there's no chance of this guy winning games. It's all going terribly. He's heaving the ball to defenders left and right you can do something about it you're not just stuck playing 17 games of a guy who's hopeless the weird thing about the Eagles is
0: I've agreed with so many of their moves from a process standpoint the process of drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round which if you go back to our explanation of it is there's a chance he's a good starter and at worst you have a good backup and that's a good thing now of course I didn't know that was going to run Carson Wentz out of town Mm. but the process was sound the process of bringing Gardner Minshew in at worst you have two years of a cheap backup right at best, you know, maybe it's, you know, a starting caliber player or a player you can trade and, you know, when teams are desperate or whatever it might be.
1: What it costs to bring him in, there's only like five teams in the NFL that should not have wanted to make that move. Yeah, Like, right. like the ones that already had absolute nailed on certainties as, as a good backup. The Jaguars should have just held on to him. Right.
0: Here's a cheap backup. And I know C.J. Beathard played some really good football in their Who system cares? in the preseason for whatever it's worth. But Gardner Minshew for two years on the cheap as a backup yeah. in, you know, and not, he even like, walks and signs a contract somewhere. That doesn't
1: even make the same sense as the Patriots getting rid of Cam Newton. Like, at least you can say... with well, the Newton- reports
0: there are that Belichick offered Cam and said, look, we're going to make you the backup. Do you want to stay or do you want to go find a job? Yeah. So that's the report. That and it wasn't as much a
1: business decision as it was Bill right. doing him a solid, I'm if that's true. taking the opinion right now that I don't believe anything Bill Belichick ever says, even if it's to, like, reporters off the these record are re- these are reports? yeah yeah even if it's to like them off the record okay so let's pretend it's fact. just a business decision so Go. but the point is like one of the things that was said is look there's there's a degree of like there's an aura around cam newton as a leader as a you know an inspirational figure that you might that might not be helpful as the backup quarterback in the locker room to a mac jones you know whose biggest problem is like a pr issue of looking goofy right mac jones as a player is is fairly inarguably excellent but he wanders around there with the the waddle you know his dopey walk to the podium you think he just looks that's why
0: cam can't be in the building
1: yes he looks goofy and by comparison you've got this dude over here with his fancy biased
0: against goofy looking people sam
1: i'm just saying it doesn't help right you've got goofy mac jones over here and over there you've got cam jones with his fancy hat looking all cool flying in the scooter you said cam jones
0: what you said Cam, is it Cam Jones. Yeah,
1: we could run it back. You could see later. That's so implausible. I don't even. I don't even believe it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to find that out for me. Uh, I, I don't, can you guys please even, if refuse? You, if you heard anyway,
0: Sam say Cam Jones, please. You've please got leave a comment. Cam Newton
1: out there looking by comparison all cool, and everyone gravitating to him. That's not a helpful thing. Minshew. Ridiculous. Nobody's like. It's like Trevor Lawrence is over here. Nobody's going. Well, yeah, but Minshew's over here being all cool. I'm gonna hang out with him instead. You don't think so no the dude's got a
0: mustache and a headband
1: yeah but it's like jokey it's not it's not the same thing jean shorts Shorts. It's, exactly it's like cool in a sort of you know in an ironic way so cam's real cool and yeah shoes fake cool yes
0: that see that's debatable uh there's a lot of people that heard heard you say cam jones i don't believe it happened that's, don't, i mean it's right up believe. there Tamus. yeah could have, been, could have been Cam Jones this year, uh-huh. building wine. Could have been Cam Jones. Uh, NFC East, your prediction?
1: Uh, Washington win.
0: I'll take the Cowboys. Sticking with the Cowboys hype, sticking with the Chargers hype.
1: When did they say they were going to give the, the Washington football name a name? I, I almost, don't know. That was They're putting off for a year, right? Yeah, I don't know. Kind of like football team. I can't Just believe they're in. ignoring the Sentinels. Like, Why would you not? It's, it's right there. Shane Falco could, like, you know, ring the bell for week one or whatever. It's sitting right in front of you. Could be great. Could be great. Gene Hackman could do the voiceover. It's like, <laughs> it's right there. NFC North,
0: Sam. Packers. Who beat, who could beat the Packers in the NFC North? Who challenges the Packers?
1: I mean, again, it doesn't look likely that anybody can. Like, there's too much wrong with the Minnesota Vikings for them to actually challenge an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team.
0: By the way, we had... A very fun discussion about the Vikings, their purgatory situation, teams yeah. that were rebuilding, including the Lions here in the NFC North on our last episode. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. We had a great fun fixing some of the teams that need fixing. They
1: should be better than a year ago, but it doesn't look like they're going to be in Green Bay's category. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they weren't a million miles away a year ago, and they should have a significant upgrade at quarterback, even if Andy Dalton is the starter for a while. Um, their biggest problem is that offensive line is a concern now that they get rid of Charles Leno, who, by the way, there's a ton of bears fans that think Charles Leno was just garbage, like straight disaster because people don't have like an appreciation of the baseline for where offensive linemen are. They don't. And when Charles Leno loses, it's It's ugly. Like he get he, he's got some ugly losses, right? right there. He yeah. has some terrible reps on his tape. And if you just look at those, you're like, this guy can't play. But Charles Leno, as a baseline, is, is a capable starting left tackle. And by the way, you might find out this year how much worse that can get. Now, you've done a reasonable job of mitigating that and bringing in a guy like Jason Peters, who at least has the same kind of capability, even if he's been an injury um, concern over the last few years. But, like, Chicago's offensive line is a mess. Even if, if Andy Dalton's a starter, that's not a great. If Justin Fields is a starter that brings like a whole new dynamic of how much does Justin Fields offset it because he's athletic and can run around and make plays on the move versus how much is he feeding into it because he holds onto the ball for nine seconds every play.
0: Jason Peters uh, has regressed to the point where he's probably at Charles Leno's level. I mean, but he's also, he's 39. I mean, he's he's Charles
1: Leno's level. Who's going to miss four games on
0: average? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Peter's banged up and everything. So either way, yeah, the offensive line's a question. It is interesting. I, I'm not. You know me. I'm not the one saying Justin Fields must start. You have to start him. This is a disservice to everyone, every human in the world. Like that's the that's the narrative right now. Mm-hmm. I think the only service the Bears need to do is for Justin Fields and his development. There's a balance between he starts right now and he sits out the entire season. Uh, I think if the Bears were going to challenge for a playoff spot, their best bet is Justin Fields playing. In all, but. And just like his playmaking takes over, and it's like some, he's got some of those growing pains and all that stuff, but he's just such a baller that they they make a playoff run. The other thing I keep coming back to, and I don't, but I don't think the Bears have the same roster that they've had in recent years, but they have made the playoffs two out of the last three years. Right, 2018, yeah. they won the division; they were excellent. And last year, they made the playoffs. And they had Mitchell Trubisky generally as their quarterback. And this is not to hate on Trubisky, but he graded as a bottom five quarterback in both of those seasons. Andy Dalton, his track record is better than Mitchell Trubisky's. The Bears are going to have the best – they should have the best quarterback play that they've had under Matt Nagy. So do you say Matt Nagy's done a great job despite the quarterback play – Or was it just the rest of the pieces on the Bears? They just had a good, solid roster across the board. They had an excellent defense in 2018. Since that point, they've just been good across the board. I don't know if they still have that type of depth, but is there this argument that it's like, hey, they could actually be as good, if not better, this year just because Dalton and or Fields will be better than what they've had?
1: If Dalton or Fields was the starting quarterback in either of the last two years, Chicago would be a very good team. The problem is it's a little bit like the Minnesota Vikings that they – they finally got an upgraded quarterback, even if it's not a big one. And the team around that guy has gotten worse. Yeah. So the offensive line is worse than it was a year ago. The secondary is still a concern. Like this isn't the great team that it was sort of waiting for a quarterback to take a step forward in Mitchell Trubisky. Like that's the concern with Chicago. Even if Justin Fields starts and he comes in, he's amazing. And he like provides a massive upgrade at quarterback. It's like, now does he have the team? around him capable of beating the the Green Bay Packers over a season you know what's probably not
0: you know what's intriguing about their receivers and I don't know if this meshes with Andy Dalton all that well but I'd be intrigued with fields have you seen their receiving core now like what their depth chart looks now Alan Robinson who's awesome true number one does it all Marquise Goodwin mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney and Demir Bird three guys with four three legitimate speed and the the phrase I always use about fields is defend the entire field right with with justin fields the way he rolls out the way he designed rollouts scrambles and all that stuff now you're to cover the entire field because you get speed everywhere i love it man it, it's in the bears i think are going to look different regardless whether you know whether it's dalton or fields it's going to look different i think they're probably right there with the vikings competing for the yeah second you know for second place in this division and then the lions in rebuild mode coming in fourth yes simple simple enough
1: yeah, I I don't think the Lions will be terrible. People are putting them down there with the Houston Texans as like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Now they might be one of the worst teams in the NFL, but I don't think that they're in danger of like a one-win season and chasing the number one overall pick the way some people seem to think they are.
0: Oh, I think it's going to be tough for the Lions to win three, four, five games with, with Goff at quarterback.
1: I, I think, think he's it's too, going to be tough for them. To win. Well, that's I a, think
0: it's tough for them to win so few games with Goff at quarterback. Okay. I think he's too good for them to be in the number one pick conversation.
1: Yeah, Goff. I just i I don't think that they're in danger of winning like one or two. I think that this is a this is a, a team that wins you know four or five games and is bad but not you know catastrophic. All right, real quick on the Packers, what happens this year with them?
0: We've mentioned a ton about Rogers. Well, we and can't Pate. go thirteen and three again. They can't go 13 and 3.
1: Go 13 3 and 1.
0: Is the rest of the roster have they gotten worse on the rest of their roster or not upgraded their cornerback spot opposite Jair Alexander enough that they've got either the same issues like were they just too status quo? Not just this year, but also last year too. Remember last year they drafted Jordan Love and they drafted AJ Dillon. Yeah, Dillon's a big bruising back or whatever. How much impact is that actually going to have? Have the Packers gotten better? over the last couple of years or are they too still too reliant on on their stars
1: um i think that's still debatable i mean they could get a lot better if eric stokes is better than kevin king which True. is very achievable like kevin king was king
0: had a 50.6 grade last year
1: yeah and was a real weak link obviously he was the guy that got lit up in the nfc championship uh, that kind of cost him that game um like if and Eric Stokes, we've talked before about how he's a bit of a weird fit for this defense, but if he's an upgrade over Kevin King, they're immediately better at one of the more important positions on their team. Um, if Rashawn Gary comes into this season and does take a significant step forward and is able to be that guy opposite Zadarius Smith, who can he, if he's able to be what Preston Smith was supposed to be, but hasn't been yet, this real secondary threat as a pass rusher. Um, opposite to Darius Smith who has been as advertised then that's a huge upgrade it's just the moves that they've made in recent years haven't yet started to pay dividends and which is particularly problematic when one of the, like the biggest one you made is a guy who can't pay dividends because he's currently sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and by the way when you know preseason didn't necessarily look like he was going to
0: Jordan loves turnover-worthy plays in the preseason. Were hilarious. Yeah, back. I mean, not if you're
1: a Packers fan, but
0: heaves into double and triple coverage. They weren't great. Uh, some people are calling for Cam Jones for MVP over here.
1: Good. I think they should be. I think. I think that's a possibility. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're taking the Packers, I assume, in the NFC North.
1: Yes. NFC South, Bucks. <laughs> Who
0: challenges the Bucks?
1: Uh so I mean, nobody. But don't be. So quick to write off the Saints would be all I would say. Remember, the Bucs aren't even the defending division champions.
0: True. Yeah. Saints Saints won the division. I mean, they're the defending
1: Super Bowl champions, so it doesn't right. really matter, but they didn't win the division last year.
0: I think the question about the Bucs, um, it fit a very clean narrative for you yeah. last year, right? Where they started out seven and five and it was like, well, they'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. Was that actually what happened, or did it just fit the pattern that did I to say? Did it just fit see? the
0: pattern? And because the other thing that happened, yeah, they won. They beat a lot of good teams in the playoffs, obviously. But at the end of the regular season, their schedule was kind of set up where all their tough games were early, and they finished the season beating up on the Falcons twice, the Lions, and I think the Vikings. I think it was. So it was four teams that they should have crushed, and they did for the most part. So did it just fit the narrative? Of course, the four games in the Super Bowl, they, they beat all good teams. So are the Bucs just – have they arrived? Right. Everybody's back. You know, they're not gonna have, or are they going to have some blips along the way? And then same thing from the from a Saints standpoint. Do you look at that team and say, there's not a massive difference in their roster. The Drew Brees that they got last year was the worst Drew Brees we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Even though he's good at distributing and making decisions and all that stuff. And it was a lot of like dump-offs to Alvin Kamara where he just, you know, was a freak and, and dominated. Could Jameis will probably be better than what Brees was last year. And, and the Saints, the Saints owned the Bucks in their first two games until they bet in the playoffs right so the Saints we could be sleeping on them just like we're sleeping on the Steelers and some of these other teams that you know have had a track record of success
1: I don't think that that Jameis is going to be necessarily better than Drew Brees was a year ago but he's so different and the way he's going to be different is important like Drew Brees he, it was the worst Drew Brees we've ever seen he was 20 uh, grading points worse than he was a year ago or the year before that and the year before that was a declining drew Brees. like right. this was a guy i so don't
0: think Jameis is going to be better than the de- the fully declined drew Brees last year like he different throw anything outside the numbers correct
1: so but his overall pff grade was still like 71 right and this is Jameis will be better than that this is 71 Jameis has never been better than that this is 71 in a year where passing was up across the board um so i don't know that that james is necessarily going to be better but he's going to be dramatically Jameis's career grades by the way 67 72 73.7 uh, 70 68 so Jameis, it's so funny that he is the most volatile quarterback in the nfl right ends up in the same spot but his his season grade ends up within a five grading point band every single year even though it's a freaking it's like a heartbeat monitor looking at, at the game by game thing Um, so I don't think like there's no evidence to say that he will be significantly better than the 71 that a an aging wrecked Drew Brees posted last year but the difference is on any given play he can put the ball 50 yards downfield anywhere whereas Drew Brees it's like if the play started to break down it's like well forget this he can't get it there I don't even have to worry about the guy streaking behind me towards the post Drew Brees can't put the ball there anymore so Jamus threatens areas of the field that were not in play last year and the fact that he can do that is important and it it causes defenses problems and it will offset some of the many more interceptions that Jameis will throw than drew Brees did
0: yeah I, there's so many fun qb storylines this year because you know me sam i love seeing quarterbacks who we think we know something about them but just in different situations so seeing stafford with the rams and Goff with the lions and now we get to see Jameis with Peyton, with Sean Peyton, and with, with the Saints. If, again, if you, if you watched our NFC South preview show, I'm sitting here trashing the Saints playmakers. It's a big concern. I'm not saying it's completely solved. Marquez Callaway is going to help. And yeah, the roller coaster ride that is Jameis, even if it ends up in a similar spot as Breeze, it could lead to the high end of volatility, a really efficient offense really efficient offense with the same you're
1: still on this this one year at Jameis thing
0: yeah like Testaverdi. uh-huh test I mean, 1998 1998 yeah took him 10 12 years it's fine uh-huh james gonna be good plus the lasik
1: did you ever uh did you ever comp Jameis to test Verde?
0: uh i think what happened eric, not a bad one eric edholm i think what he did it was the the year that Jameis went 30 mm-hmm. 30 with the great 30 30 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions and I think Edholm, the game that had happened was like, oh, the last time anybody came close to this or did it, Testaverde didn't actually do it, but was close to it. Was Vinny Testaverde or something to that effect? And then the light bulb went off. Right. And it's like, It's here's actually not this a terrible James Goss. Statuesque, <laughs> former number one overall pick. Yeah. Arm talent, can uh-huh. do it all. Like you see the can do, you see the don't ever do this. Uh-huh. You see both of them side by side. Bucks started with the Bucks. I love it, Jameis and Testaverde, and yeah, and so yes, I am. Which actually, on that it, it
1: fits, it fits perfectly because our comp to Jameis was Eli, right? Yeah, and Eli effectively is Vinny Testaverde with two Super Bowl runs. Super Bowls, right?
0: <laughs> he is. The high volume, like, oh, look, Eli's got the seventh most touchdowns right? of all time. He must be great.
1: <laughs> Eli, is, Eli is the answer to the question of what would have happened if, if Vinny Testaverde went on two improbable, ridiculous Super Bowl runs and, Vinny, and has two rings now.
0: Vinny almost did. So in 1998, he go, Parcells takes over the Jets. He rejuvenates Vinny Testaverde. Bill Belichick's the defensive coordinator and they they ran into john elway in the afc championship elway and so i mean they, they ran into the wrong team but vinnie got you know he was legit yeah, close. That year. but then he then he tears his achilles the first uh first week of 1999 so the time when vinnie would have you know he probably would have had a good 99 to, he would have had a two-year run yeah there probably if he didn't get hurt
1: i just yeah that's such a i can't believe we didn't come up with that comp Jameis is vinnie test yeah i'm all in on that comp I, I like did it.
0: tweet that recently because I think ESPN pulled it up when Jameis was on a few weeks ago. Which so.
1: just reinforces my point that the chances of Vinny Testaverde being better than an aging Drew Brees are still minimal. I love it. I'm just... I'm I, excited. I am curious Look, though, like what, how much can Sean Payton and the LASIK eat into the, the turnover-worthy plays, right? Because that's his problem. Jameis Winston is incredibly productive. You know, like, Emmanuel Acho is out here tweeting that, like, Eight guys are thrown for 5,000 yards. Eight. And Drew Brees has done it five times. Um, but Jameis is one of them. Like, Jameis's production is insane. Um, it's just that it doesn't matter because he throws so many turnover-worthy plays that it invalidates all of the good. Like, it literally does. If you look at it on a how many yards is a guy moving the ball between turnover-worthy plays, right, just as a broad stroke. Jameis is like one of the worst in the NFL yeah. because he's so turnover-worthy prone that it, like, he's not moving it far enough for it to matter. You, know, there are, you can overlook a lot of turnovers if you're production, productive enough because you know, if I'm moving the ball 300 yards between each interception, I can live with the interception. If I'm only moving it at like 170, it's a much bigger problem. Um, so Jameis Winston has a career turnover-worthy play rate of like 5%. 4.8. That's catastrophic. Now, if he can change that under Sean Payton and with eyes that see to like 3%, it's still not good, but that's a massive material difference if he stays as productive as he can be. Like, if he's a 4,500 yard passer with 30 touchdowns and cuts the turnover where he plays from 5% to 3%, like that, that transforms him from being the dude with the grade between 68 and 72 to being an 80 graded quarterback who's at the helm of a team that's still really good and could actually challenge for a division i just
0: don't know if you want him to cut him down you want him to cut them down i just the balance between he still move he does move the chains down he does make a lot of good throws down the field not the not the deep stuff that he showed in the preseason but the intermediate level 10 to 19 yard level you want to keep that aggressiveness as well i can't wait it's going to be great um, I think the Saints are going to be – I still. I, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be a good team. Marcus Davenport looks like he's ready for a huge season right now. Um, I would obviously pick the Bucks in the NFC South. I think the Falcons are in no man's land. I think the Panthers will probably take a step forward as a roster this year. Uh, but I'm, I'm taking the Saints as one of my wild cards.
1: <sighs> think, yeah. And the Bucs uh, win the division. I don't know if I'll, – maybe. I'll get there in a bit. Uh, definitely, though. Tampa Bay winning the division, New Orleans to challenge them. Um, my concern with Carolina is like, what are they doing on offense? Your, bring, your moves this off, your moves this off season have been bringing in Sam Darnold at quarterback. What would you have done differently? Not bringing Sam Darnold at quarterback. I mean, they were in a position to draft one.
0: Picking up his option may have been
1: the questionable thing. But you had to do that once you brought him in. Like, you can't, you can't bring him in as a complete lame duck. You almost have to I, – I, that I don't really have a problem with. is Identifying him in the first place as a target worth –
0: But they identified everybody else. They're in on – I mean, sorry. They're in on Deshaun Watson, in on Stafford. Right. They're so they in needed, on everybody else. They
1: needed a quarterback. They're, they're, they came into this offseason knowing that they had to get a quarterback and came out of it with Sam Darnold. That is terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just – That's throwing, like spinning the roulette wheel. You keep wheel. throwing darts, man yeah would you not have thrown that dart
1: no that's not a dart i would have thrown that's rolling the dice and coming up snake eyes like any literally any other face of that dice is better for you than the one you came up with um so that was bad you then prioritize the signing of cam irving and pat Elfline on your offensive line it's a miracle they re-signed taylor Mouton, who's their one good offensive lineman but now you've got sam Darnold behind a garbage offensive line okay he's got some nice uh receivers to throw to and he's got a good offensive coordinator but how is that offense going to be good
0: uh playmakers regardless of the fact that the offensive line the trio of receivers DJ Moore Robbie Anderson Terrace Marshall they feel like a lot like the Raiders for me where every time they made a good move I think they did offset it with a poor move you very naturally laid out all the poor moves Hmm. the good moves being Terrace Marshall second round wide receiver yep uh, bringing in hassan reddick just to see if he could still be an awesome pass rusher as he was down the stretch as a nice compliment to brian burns sure uh second year for of a lot of these uh defensive players that they drafted last year so they'll be all right i guess
1: i mean their defense i think could move in the right direction i just think that
0: offense panthers just... should be looking to when brady retires as i've said nfc west so you're taking the bucks right yeah Here in the south Let's go NFC West. Okay. This is the most competitive division in all of football. Uh, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers. The AFC West is right up there. The what? AFC West. AFC West? Yeah. You well, said it was.
1: It's three good teams and then the Chiefs.
0: You think the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos are all good? Yeah. They're not as good as these teams. Aren't they? No. How do you know? Well, we don't know anything. <laughs> Why is anybody even listening to us? Dude, these teams knows might anything. suck. The Nobody 49ers, knows anything that's going to happen.
1: 49ers were picking 12th in the draft last year.
0: Because of injuries. Uh, whatever. I'm just saying they weren't good. They're two years removed from the Super Bowl. The Seahawks have probably done, I don't know, the least exciting stuff from a team building standpoint, but they still have Russ. Yeah. Right? The Rams bring in Stafford. The biggest storylines about this are you have two good coaches and good teams and the Rams and the 49ers, good rosters, who decided Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff are not good enough for us, respectively. Mm-hmm. It, theoretically, right? The Garoppolo's still going to be the starter for the 49ers. But theoretically, they had to get better. They had to advance their cause. And the Rams go from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. The Niners eventually going to move on to Trey Lance. They get the two QB system. They're going to run the ball like crazy. They're running power and, you know, gap schemes now and everything. And It's going to be great. It's going to be the best division of football cardinals okay. year three of kingsbury and kyler murray
1: it's gonna be awesome all right best division in football <laughs> fine <laughs> which team do you think is winning it
0: uh in these official picks for right now yeah i typed in the seahawks okay i think the uh the best quarterback in the division wins out yeah which was generally my strategy it's not a bad it, selections it's here. probably a good
1: starting point um the Seahawks, though, they're another team who've just been chipping away at the overall quality of this roster for years now. Um, and it might not matter because Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. But it, it becomes really intriguing with this team because unlike a Patrick Mahomes, like the Chiefs could chip away at that roster for years, make it worse across the board. And it wouldn't really matter because you have Patrick Mahomes and you know That you're perfectly happy to just turn it over to patrick mahomes and let him do his thing right if you're if your team becomes patrick mahomes every week throwing the ball 60 times the chiefs are happy enough to do that yeah The, the seahawks though like the in order to offset all of the stuff they've done to this roster they need russell wilson to play at the peak of his powers but this is a team either reluctant or unsure of how best to do that like they do want to let Russ cook. They just don't know exactly what he should be making or what implements he has at his disposal. Apparently,
0: Pete Carroll, though, was tripling down on run the ball and run it more like, and all that stuff.
1: That's just what he wants. It's like I think people overreact to the Pete Carroll stuff. All, all I know. But we covered this, right, that Russell Wilson is this, he has this unique playing style that makes it very difficult to identify exactly how you should be letting him cook how to let him cook yes which becomes problematic if you need to lean on him like what okay leaning on Mahomes just means give him the ball more right call less run plays let Mahomes do whatever the hell he wants have at it same with Tom Brady effectively or most of those quarterbacks leaning on Russ more I don't think means the same thing so how do you do that what what do you call to let Russ cook more because it isn't the same as Mahomes.
0: I agree, and so th- I would a- also argue that the years where Brian Schottenheimer was there and they were going run, run pass, run, run pass, when they did pass and they did run play action, it did play to Wilson's skill set and his throw for throw grading and efficiency and all that stuff was excellent. Because most of the a lot of his passes were just down the field and off play action and all that stuff. I think this year's adjustments, though, I, I keep coming back to have answers offense has to have answers. You're at the the crux of it. You want Russ throwing the ball down the field. You want to take advantage of DK Metcalf down the field. You want Tyler Lockett at the intermediate and deep level. But the answer you need to have is the horizontal passing game. So again, it it doesn't mean, hey, Russ, go throw the ball 20 times to start every single game here, but you have to have a little bit more quick game. You have to have a little bit more of the entire field being attacked. And I think the new system, uh, Shane Waldron coming over from the Rams, there's going to be more tempo. There's going to be more more of a horizontal game but i also think they'll tap into the the downfield passing attack so it's another thing i'm looking forward to seeing russ in a different system here and if they do run the ball more i think the mcveigh tree system might work more efficiently less downhill a little bit more outside zone type of stuff i think i think the i think the run game can be more efficient and russ can thrive in this in this system here but the
1: seahawks really only got four wide receivers on the roster right they now. they do yeah they do
0: <laughs> and one's their second round pick dwayne Haskins.
1: that feels like a problem like there's Perhaps. teams out there keeping six seattle's got four yeah that's not that's not good for I'm, the uh, that doesn't that doesn't do anything to, to uh turn you away from the let's run the ball more I know. I, line I, of thinking
0: I, i'm mostly concerned about the secondary they just traded away akela witherspoon who's and witherspoon's not great he's had two pretty good seasons a couple not so good seasons they trade him to the pittsburgh steelers and it's like oh that could be a good move for the steelers but i thought the same thing for the seahawks right they're gonna roll dj reed's been a good solid you know undersized corner for their system but he's played well there trey flowers is the other starter competing with sydney jones who they just traded for it's not great on paper jamal adams running around back there quandary Diggs trying to do a little sit-in because he wants to get paid too.
1: I mean, it's in flux. It's a group that's like they're making moves because they don't have anything settled right now. Like they have two cornerback spots there to be won. DJ Reed apparently won one of them, which is why Witherspoon gets moved. But everything is up for grabs. Like And again, this is a team that hasn't had a settled uh, slot corner either. They've got like Marquise Blair is their slot corner right now. Marquise Blair was like a powerful, hard-hitting, strong safety but he's the closest they have but they're playing to like a, lot a quality of zones, starting
0: so it's kind i don't know it's it's just it's a different system they're doing different stuff also. Yeah
1: but not necessarily because that's what you should be doing because that's just what they've decided is the best thing to be doing with the group of personnel that they have
0: I'm also worried about their pass rush The pass rush was not good last year uh Carlos Dunlap need he, he needs to turn back the clock or one of their draft picks over the last couple of years Darrell Taylor and Alton Robinson like somebody's got to step up LJ Collier former first round pick somebody's got to step up and rush the passer better um, somebody that's not a safety mm. like you know Jamal Adams their best pass rusher so um, all that said I think the new offense rejuvenates Russ just a little bit I'll, I'll pick the Seahawks I think the Rams are going to be really good uh, can't wait to see Stafford in that offense again for the thousandth time. The big question there, I, I think their defense is a bigger question. Raheem Morris takes over for Brandon Staley, plus you lose John Johnson and Troy Hill. So you've got younger players there, new system. It's not always as simple as, hey, we just, we'll, we'll run the same defense as last year. Uh, we saw that with Kyle Shanahan when he left Atlanta. You can't just, even if you have a good play caller who comes in, it's, you're, you're losing Kyle Shanahan. You're losing a great play caller. By all accounts from what we saw with Brandon Staley last year, the Rams are losing a great defensive play caller. That's tough to replace.
1: Yeah. Yeah um I'm gonna go with the 49ers
0: and you're gonna take the 49ers to win this division yeah
1: even with Jimmy Garoppolo starting the season
0: well you like the two QB system so you got to go all in on I don't even know if they're gonna do that but I do think
1: regardless at some point Trey Lance is going to be deployed this season and when he does that's gonna bring a world of stuff that teams can't defend
0: I'm torn on the Cardinals too because I really want to like them I think Kyler will get better but are we going to be talking about is Kingsbury the right guy for that job a year from now?
1: I, I think the Cardinals are exactly where they're supposed to be. I think that's not where the narrative is because of how the last season ended. Like It started hot and fell away. So the feeling, it's like the opposite of the Bucks, right? The Bucks started not great, but every but finished obviously with a Super Bowl win. So it's like the arrow is heading up and everything. The optimism is great. Every, the team is building in the right direction. They're going to be better this year than last year. Everything is great. The Cardinals went the other direction. They started off pretty well. And we're like, oh, actually, are they going to contend this year? And then, oh, no, not at all. This is this is all falling to pieces. So now it's it's everything is bad. There's just the negativity around the Cardinals is pervasive. But overall, that's about where they should have ended up. If you look at just their record. They finished eight and
0: eight. Yeah. You think they're another like a nine and eight type of team?
1: So they're eight and eight last year, but now that means that everything is on this season. This is the year where it needs to take this step forward. Otherwise, if they finish last year not well and then don't get better this year, now I think you do have reasons to be concerned. So I think it's a big year for Kyler Murray. I think it's a big year for Kingsbury to show that he has more to this offense. Like, he's already developed whatever version of the air raid he was bringing in a lot. But I think now he needs to recognize where it's failing and, and change things. Like this idea of, New hopkins can't line up in the same spot every single play again it just isn't it's not working in the nfl level and it might work in college it might be fine the idea Mark of peyton manning it but peyton manning was doing that in 1998 like, i know it's a different the game. game has changed it's a different and world. by the way he was doing that with not just deandre hopkins but like marvin harrison on one side reggie wayne on the other side and dallas clark down the middle if you had that in arizona yeah, that's it might be a different discussion but you don't. You've got like one amazing receiver, and then you've got other interesting players.
0: The thing I keep saying too is, I, you could see the Cardinals be a better team and not and not have it show up in their record. I think any of these teams. It's. I think this is the most competitive division. They'll beat each other up, and it's going to be a challenge. I'll take the Seahawks to to win the division. You're taking the Niners. Yep. Let's go NFC Wild Cards. Then, I already mentioned I'm picking the Saints. And I'm talking up the NFC West. So I'm going to say the Rams and the 49ers, also the other wild cards. So I, I'll take three from the NFC West plus the Saints, which means who's missing out here. That's uh, everybody else in the NFC North. So the Bears would be missing out. Um, every other NFC East team is missing out. And then, yeah, the Panthers and Falcons in the South. Yeah, I
1: think I'm taking the same teams, but obviously with the 49ers as a division winner. I'll take both Seattle and the Rams to make the wild cards and then the Saints. All right, how about AFC and NFC Championship for you? The AFC and the NFC oh, Championship.
0: AFC Championship. I, here's what I've got.
1: Oh, I've already put – I'm going to stick with my bowl claim. <laughs> what did you put? If Washington make the playoffs, they're making the, the NFC Championship game. Fitzmagic is going to come alive <laughs> in the postseason. So the, play, the uh, NFC Championship – He's going to go full Rich The NFC Championship – here we go. Here we go. The NFC Championship game is going to be Tampa Bay against Washington. Fitzpatrick is going to have dragged them to the NFC Championship game. And then two snaps in, he's going to get hurt. Heineke is going to come in, have another 92 grade, and this time it's going to be enough to beat the Bucs. Heineke is going to be leading the Super Bowl champion Washington football team.
0: Super Bowl champion.
1: Well, I've gone that far. I might as well take the next step.
0: <laughs> the Washington football team. You heard it here first. <laughs> the football team, the team with
1: no name is going to win the Super Bowl. First year. and only time. That's Nobody else in the world has said that. Uh, okay, what's happening in the AFC championship game? Uh, I mean, Kansas City's got to be won. Kansas City, Cleveland. We're going to get a repeat of whatever game that was. Divisional, right? Yeah, the divisional, yeah. Uh, we're going to get a repeat of that. And I'm not going to call who's going to win that. What? You have to make a call. You didn't say that. You said just pick the NFC and ch- well, AFC championship Well, then I was going to get game. to the Super
0: Bowl. Okay, well, you think about it. We'll get to the Super Bowl. Um, I was a little bit more conservative. Big shock here on the uh, AFC champion. Not that crazy, though. I, I took the Ravens over the Chiefs. Ooh. I called this the, uh, you know. This
1: is the game. This is the year. The one. They finally get it The Ravens out.
0: get over the hump this year. So I picked the Ravens to win the division. I'm picking the Ravens over the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I'm going crazy in the NFC Championship. Bucks over
1: Packers. Uh, <laughs>
0: really, okay. really out on a limb here. Bucks yeah. over Packers. Um, I'll say Bucks over Ravens. Very going with favorites across the board. But I'll, I'll say this is the year. It's weird to me that the Ravens just don't match up well with the Chiefs. And I, I'm, I'm more like let's play the odds rather than <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I still I think, think it Ravens should work. Close. It just hasn't. Yeah, yeah. I think the Ravens are close to the Chiefs as a team across the board. So I'm going to say this is the year the Ravens get over the hump and beat the Chiefs. So Bucks over Ravens I'll take in the Super Bowl. Just, it's... You're going football team over either the <laughs> – just pick the Browns, right, over the Browns in the
1: Super Bowl. Okay, sure. Why football not? team over the Browns. As long as that, once the football team's in there, it doesn't really matter. With the can AFC we get the social
0: media team here to fire that up for God, Sam, no.
1: please? God no, please. We need to. Uh, we need to get. This that is now. a highly ironic prediction that does not feature in social media or in official projections. And can way we cut this part
0: out so people don't understand nuance because they don't anyway
1: on uh, Twitter? It Doesn't matter. Uh, if the Ravens beat the Chiefs, is that the game that we've been saying it should be? Like they 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 get an early lead. They establish the run, they grind out the clock in Kansas City. They like stumble for a drive and just can't get it back. It's that, but it's also, I think, defensively,
0: the Ravens have good players who can play man coverage in a creative enough scheme. Yeah,
1: which is why there's like a drive or two where Kansas City just doesn't put up a touchdown.
0: Yeah, but I, I think the Ravens have not slowed down the Chiefs' offense very well. right, and I think they have the ability to do it. And you, uh, the way they have to play is similar to how New England does it which isn't through crazy blitzing you pick your spots from a blitz standpoint but you play man coverage and you use your extra defenders to to slow down the stars I'm going to call this is the year that the Ravens do that because they've got a Marlon Humphrey and they've got Marcus Peters and they've got guys who can lock down you lock up the stars you use your extra defenders in creative ways I think they'll do that and then yeah they'll run and then they'll run the ball and and Lamar will pass the ball more efficiently he's also been horrible against the Chiefs yeah Lamar for whatever reason has been terrible terrible against the Chiefs um no matter which scheme they're running it doesn't matter like all all through the years he's been terrible so I just think all that stuff gets better and do they play do they play in week two again did I keep misremembering that let me see uh let's we're gonna do a couple uh individual award predictions too oh okay as I look up the Ravens' schedule, <laughs> so MVP. Yeah, they play the they play the um, it's Chiefs Ravens on Sunday Night Football in Week Two. Chiefs at the Ravens Sunday Night Football. Have they played in Baltimore before, or is it always in Kansas City? I think they, it's been in Kansas don't City. Know. So Sunday Night Football. I think the Chiefs could still get them in the, in Week Two, but come playoff time, that's when that's the when Ravens it overcome. Together.
1: So at that point, they'll be oh, and how many against the Chiefs? Three. 0-3, and, and then... They've lost twice now. Then they get the fourth. Them, right? Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. Nobody beats Baltimore four times in a row. Nobody.
0: <clears throat> I mean, look, the Saints owned the Bucs last year until the playoffs, and the Bucs yeah, beat Yeah, three them. times. Yeah. Don't beat the Bucs three times. Can't do it. Uh, who's your MVP, your favorite award here? These are,
1: these are terrible because the obvious answer is always the one to go for. Like, you start off with... with well, Holmes. you need to match it with what you just predicted.
0: So if the football team... No, because going- he doesn't
1: come hot until the playoffs. Oh, I They got just, like Fitzpatrick plays at 75 for the year, gets them to the postseason. That's then when he catches hot. fire. Then he goes
0: full flacco. Yeah,
1: then, exactly. Then he goes full flacco and wins the championship. Well, full flacco until the NFC championship game, and then Taylor Heineke goes full Flack. Taylor Heineke goes full Nick Foles. So you get a full flacco followed by a full Foles. To win the championship, <laughs>
0: that's unstoppable. If you combine this is what 2012 I'm saying. Flacco and 2017 yeah. Foles, it's unstoppable, right? That's what happens. That's what the football team That's has. what I'm calling. Did you have you at least have them win in the division? There's at least some continuity, <laughs> it is there. at least possible. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's good. <laughs> Within my own predictions, it is possible to happen.
0: Yeah, uh, who wins all the Invi-
1: I'm so gonna tweet Mahomes, this out, so. Mahomes wins MVP because, of course, he does. Like, right. that's your starting point, doesn't mean you will, but. That's the one with the shortest odds every year. I'll mix it up and say Tom Brady at 44. God. He's got – would be the full season
0: of – if if those guys stay healthy and it's a full season of Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. I
1: mean, if the narrative is true that they are getting better this year, that makes sense. It could be Brady. They could throw for 60 touchdowns. (laughs) 17 games, throw for 60 touchdowns. Uh Uh-huh. So then the next one is your Stevenson Award, the highest PFF. So who's going to have
0: the highest PFF grade? Which is always Aaron Donald. Uh, I'll also predict Aaron Donald. That yeah. was a stupid, stupid uh-huh. guess. Anyone else? Any outsider that could, uh, that yeah, could do well, it?
1: Yeah, there's always, like, Miles Garrett, if he puts together a 17-game run. I was going
0: to say one of the Bosa brothers. I was going to go similar, like, yeah. one, of those, one of those elite edge defenders. Miles
1: Garrett is, like, on the cusp of a season that rivals Aaron Donald. That's a good guess.
0: So, offensive player of the year? Uh... did Travis Kelsey win it last year he should have if I, we gave it to him right I think we did I, I always get confused by what we did and by what other people did I'll say Devontae Adams for Offensive Player of the Year I also hate these awards do we have to do them
1: <laughs> no yeah, I mean we only did them because you put them in the, the document yeah let's not do any of these okay anybody
0: on YouTube have any questions what else do you guys want us to predict here Put some put some comments in. We'll predict some
1: stuff. Maybe we'll... We'll see the rookies because those ready. are more interesting.
0: Offensive and defensive rookies. Offensive
1: player of the year, you went Adams. I just don't care. Defensive player of the year will <laughs> be Aaron don't Donald. Don't um, offense, Donald again, yeah. Offense and defensive rookie.
0: Um, defensive rookie, I'll jump right to and say Micah Parsons. Okay. The Cowboys. Uh-huh. We just had... Uh, go listen to the Renner show we had last week too. Again, we've got the midweek Wednesday show to mix things up. And Renner said Parsons looks like the one rookie who's just ready to join the elite ranks at his respective position. And I will buy into that. The Cowboys will be flying around the field in that Cowboys system. So I got Micah Parsons winning. D-Roy. Uh,
1: I will go with Patrick Sertan 2. 2.0. And then Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, obviously one of the quarterbacks. Which one? Which of the quarterbacks? Uh-huh. I said when they drafted him that Trey Lance would win Offensive Rookie of the Year. If he started enough games. Might not get the opportunity, though. That's the thing. Is he going to get given the chance to do it by so the So Trey Lance and Justin Fields probably won't have enough opportunities. So we know that the other three will. How, if Trey Lance features as, like, some kind of two-quarterback system, Taysom Hill package, how long would he need to start in addition to that to still have a shot at it? Like, if he got 12 games as a starter, but, like, oh, five more as a gimmick? I
0: could see Lance – in a back like if he play if he was a backup the entire time was a goal line runner, like what did Cam ran for like twelve touchdowns yeah. last year? I could see them using Trey Lance and having him having ten or twelve That's touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. So and like how many number so how many
1: starts attractive. does he need in addition to that?
0: To actually I think is reasonable. Twelve. I've seen people try to make the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick prediction, you know, like Alex Smith, the year that Kaepernick took over for Alex Smith, Alex Smith was good. Yeah. He was having a good year, and the Niners said, We just want to be better. Um, which is a lot like what they're doing right now, which is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is good Like for whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo's a good quarterback. They want to be better. I could see that that world happening here as well.
1: I mean, 12, 12 starts gives him five games to get into the lineup as a starter. I could see that happening. I could see that. Screw it. Want let's to stick, stay, with let's it? stick with it. Trey Lance? Yeah. I'll go Trevor Lawrence.
0: Lawrence. I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb with the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah with trevor lawrence see this is the failing of
1: this these uh these award predictions
0: youtube says uh trey lance equals josh rosen gregory (sighs) rousseau defensive rookie of the year trey lance equals josh rosen which 2020 oh because somebody asked which 21 quarterback is josh rosen
1: i mean there doesn't
0: have to be a josh rosen
1: yeah i mean the josh yes and the idea that one of them will bust as we said on the other show
0: 2018 had the five first round picks this year five first round picks all of these first round picks are far have shown way more than josh rosen showed in his first preseason then lamar showed in his first preseason then josh allen showed in
1: their first like a lot of them Again, played better doesn't mean they'll be good doesn't mean it I'm just right saying, now all five of these guys look like they might actually hit like josh rosen looked overwhelmed pretty much from the get-go
0: yeah so cool man good show Anything else you want to predict for the season? We've already done some bold stuff.
1: I don't need to predict anything else. I've already predicted the most outrageous thing that anybody will ever predict. It's our for this real prediction season. show, and you just went football team over the Browns. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Well, you yeah you railroaded me to the Browns, but sure. Would have been better if you just picked the Chiefs? Football team over the Chiefs. Sure. I mean, well, look once you've picked once you've picked a full Flacco, followed by a full Foles i don't think it really matters what the afc does
0: i really haven't so i used to predict patriots packers for every 10 year, straight yeah. years and i just picked bucks packers yeah, yeah. so it's pretty much just i pick brady and rogers, rogers every, every year. year yeah and it's never
1: happened right well i mean they went to the nfc championship last year within that yeah but can't 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 go in a super bowl until rogers goes to denver Ooh, there we go
0: <laughs> let's predict it's rogers like goes to denver in week five a
1: decade of you predicting rogers brady and it can't <laughs> happen until like the last year brady 48 years old rogers finally goes to denver and that's when they meet oh uh, this is great anyway it's it's a lot of fun it's it's
0: it's game week sam are you fired up you ready yeah after all this thursday um so just to remind to remind everybody kickoff 30 kickoff 30 30 off your pff subscriptions now's the time to do it uh, get your 30% off get 365 days of access which means if you bought it if you buy it this week you're already prepped for your fantasy draft for next next year you've got all that you've got your draft guide you've got all these grades and stats that we're talking about especially if you get the elite package that's what I would suggest so get your 30% off right now kick off three zero if you still have a fantasy draft to do it's a lot of Labor Day night fantasy drafts it's not too late to get in right now you get all of our fantasy tools for as little as seven dollars because we have monthly packages in the whole thing Mm -hmm. so it's 30 percent off off kickoff three zero kickoff 30 is the promo code i don't know when they're getting rid of it so just act quickly for us this week cousin doug's on wednesday we're going to go around the nfl with all of our news and then thursday we're back in the groove man we got 16 games to preview and we'll go through each game and give you guys something to look for in every nfl game because it's game week season started let's go and uh as i said with college football the uh qb draft might be terrible this year It could mean, all be bad there's we a danger
1: yeah there's a danger that you might be overreacting nah, to, maybe. to one week of gameplay well,
0: it looked suspect and all the guys who were on the cusp you could see them going either way probably went the wrong way yeah in
1: week one in one week <laughs> we don't know
0: who the next jill burrow is yet Wouldn't we don't know who Kyler murray is right away this is, what, this is what it's all about, overreaction. We, we promise we will not overreact here on the PFF NFL right podcast. Then. Except not, right then. Not in the NFL. We won't. I just predicted Washington to go and win a That's not overreacting. That's just, you know, going out on a limb. Okay. Not overreacting. Um, also, don't forget, I'll be giving away – I'll do it on Wednesday. I'll give away an Edge subscription, uh, either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so it's not everybody who sends me a picture of their uh, – nfl podcast and daily subscription not everybody you'll be put into a drawing somebody was like where's my subscription i'm like you'll be put into a drawing if you send us those screenshots pff uh at uh, email us nfl podcast yeah there you at go. pff.com uh-huh. or just uh tweet us uh we're done here the show's over yeah we appreciate everybody end it see you guys on yeah, wednesday and thursday